What's up, Val? I don't know. Not much. Not much. We are back. We're back. In the studio here at Icon Music School of Production, Icon Collective. That's right. Our home sweet home. Home sweet home. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm drinking my yate, feeling alive and well. Nice. You know? Yeah. I'm excited. We had a really fun time with this conversation today, I would say. Honestly, I actually someone that, you know, I'm pretty close with, an uh, yeah. artist by the name of Medicine. Yes. I think a handful of people listening to this already know who he is. If you've I come would hope Brian. so. I and so. I will say, I mean, I was someone who was familiar with him, but I'd never met him before. Mm-hmm. And I really appreciated, he's really funny. Yes. I think from the get-go, if you're listening to this episode, hopefully you'll stick around for a little longer and hear him talking about the intro of being bald. Incredible intro. Great intro. Maybe the best yeah. one we've had so far. Honestly, probably. <laughs> but then obviously we also talk about his new music and also his previous music career and kind of how it's all led him up to where he is now. But yep. I really enjoyed talking to him. I feel like we... Learned a lot about him, but then also got to have some like actual, genuine, thoughtful conversation about music trends or culture trends and stuff we've all observed. So I love uh, our conversations when we have those. Absolutely. Yeah. I I uh, worked with, we did his first show when he was like 18 years old. Yeah. This is like eight years ago. Mentioned it here on this episode, but just seeing that growth, you know, for all of us yeah. in the last eight yeah. years, but specifically when you see one person yeah. and they make music, it's really, it's a lot easier to track their growth because you can literally listen to it yeah. on Spotify. And and I think that in his music, and he talks about this a lot, about where he is now and sort of the creative space that he's in, mm-hmm. headspace and just the flow and just kind of being content with what you're putting out there, whether people like it or not, or expect it from you or not. Yeah. Uh, I think there's a lot, especially for aspiring producers and musicians to draw from this episode. For sure. I feel like we got him at a great time in his life and career where he's seen a lot of things, experienced a lot of things Mm. and has a lot of insightful knowledge and observations to share so and don't worry i interjected plenty of my own per usual (laughs) and Uh, we had a fun time it was great this is um this is a a blast wait stick around till the end too because we talk about the (laughs) infamous instagram hacking story it's really good it's really really good i'm even going to drop the time code in the bio so you make sure if you just want to you know hear that part as well but it's okay don't skip ahead just listen to the whole thing it's great. Just listen a little bit. <laughs> just, just listen a little bit. We'll do that. Uh, all right. all the stuff. Enjoy. All right. I look so bald, man. <laughs> it's good. I look like the dude. You look great. I look like the dude that uh on the on the like on the CPR tutorial poster and all the schools. <laughs> like I feel like I just look like that. That's hilarious. Straight up. Like, look look at that thing. Look at this. (laughs) I just look like. Like, you're like like the CPR dummy. I just look like men. All right. This is a generic drawing of men. Yeah, exactly. I was telling Valerie this before you came in. Uh, (laughs) I'm a frequenter on R Bald on Reddit. Have you ever been on there? No. It's. Why are you in R Bald? Well, Tell no, us. because it was suggested to me, mm-hmm. you know, 
Just because, you know, my maybe because uh, I'm we're at that age, you know. Cass uh, going through a hair transition as well. Not I see. Not I'm changing the off, whole. I'm you're just, trying to emotionally prepare. Yeah, I'm just like yeah, like I'm in there. It. I'm like you know prepping myself, you I know, because I'm, I'm more into like the acceptance of like time and be like yeah, it's cool. It's cool when you're kind of dude. You're down with it, you know. Let me tell you about being bald. Please, honestly, please, please. honestly, it's it's great. And I think it's really good for you. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Yeah. Tell us more. Yeah, yeah. Well, I went through it early. You know what I mean? Like, I'm 26. And oh, I've been okay. bald since I was fucking... I mean, you know, I can grow hair. Yeah. But yeah. it's just not going to look very good. Um, <laughs> so, it's be- yeah, it's best to be bald and... Best to be bald. That's your... That's your <laughs> best, best to be bald. <laughs> New merch dropping soon. Okay, wait, but what else is so good about being bald? Because I honestly... Yeah. I'm <clears throat> really curious because as a woman, we were also kind of talking about this when Chad revealed that he's in our bald. Mm-hmm. We know nothing about being bald or like the hair transition for men. Yeah. I feel like mm-hmm. now I'm getting to an age where more people talk about it. Mm. And the other thing, the reason why I, I, <laughs> I thought it was a really positive and fun thing to be on that subreddit is because it's other men who are bald who have made the jump to shaving their heads to encourage other men to take yes. the leap. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, so that's, that's why. And that's where I'm going with this. Yeah, I need yeah. to hop in there and maybe give them. Yeah, you belong in yes. our bald. Yeah. No, I hate Reddit. <laughs> we'll get to that later, but I hate Reddit. No, but I think that... I mean, what do you think? As a girl, there's a guy, right? Yeah. And there's a guy that's bald mm-hmm. and, you know, a handsome bald man. Buff, looks good, healthy. Buff and bald. Buff <laughs> and bald. <laughs> and then there's like a guy, just for the sake of keeping it equal, we'll say he's kind of buff too. <laughs> okay. But he's like, you know, he's hanging on. Right. And it's kind of like just strands. like. Yeah, yeah. It's just, he's got some little some squigglies like mm-hmm. up top and you're just like. Dog. Well, I, I, <laughs> or or even worse, even worse, he's like, you know, some people have some hair and you can tell because I've done this shit. Mm-hmm. Like they're trying to hide it. Like they're trying oh, yeah. to. Wear the hat. Yeah, wear the hat. And I would like get my hair cut in a specific mm-hmm. way where it like fills in the spots. But it's like at a certain point, it's, I'm sorry if it's hitting too close to home. I, no, I don't no. know where you're at with no. this, but, <laughs> but it, yeah. And I don't, and once I just was like, dude, I'm going bald. And luckily, I have like a, a decently shaped head. I think some people have like you have a, a great yeah. Head. yeah, some people yeah. have like a peanut head, and that's <laughs> I, that's really sad. Yeah. Um, well, those are the two things I saw a lot in red is is head shape and beard like beard mm, growth, beard support. Oh, those yeah. are the two those things are that people huge. Well, yeah. I'll tell you as a, as a woman to respond to your question. I have a <laughs> lot of sympathy for people going through that transition because I feel like as women, we totally get that because it's all the societal pressure of like what you're supposed to look like. Mm. But honestly, I feel like the the buff guy that's bald versus buff guy that's holding on. I'm like, respect a bald guy who just like decided that like, you know, go you to the own transition yourself. and then own It's it. way exactly. sexier to just own yourself. Yeah. This is me. And I understand, What's but up? I'm also very sympathetic to like, you don't get there overnight. Oh, 100%. So it's like, yeah. I get yeah. it. I'm sorry. Do I'm what sorry. you go. No, 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 anybody, no, no. But that's, I'm just saying, as a woman, I totally get it. <laughs> yeah. And I understand. And I'm glad mm-hmm. to hear the conversation around yeah. the transition. I mean, that's how I feel. If I see someone, I would, I want to yeah. encourage them too and just be like, bro, like, you look great. I see. I love that energy too because, yeah, like, just... I, I, there's a lot of that in, in the subreddit and it just makes me like stoked that like yeah. people can rally behind. <laughs> People making a transition in their life that is difficult because it's like I was saying to Val, it's like an illusion that you're living in 
yeah. that eventually you have to liberate yourself from, you know? Mm. And I think also recently I, I was watching The Last Dance with Michael Jordan again. I watch it every year. And it's just like, he's the greatest maybe person ever, <laughs> at least in sport. Yeah. He was fucking bald. You know? oh, yeah. like, <laughs> it's amazing. Really it's yeah. like, that's an inspiration, you know, for people. He made bald it look icon. great. I, I honestly think that yeah. he advanced that for many people. So, uh, yeah. wow. That, yeah, that's a good way to get started, I guess. Wow. What an amazing start to the conversation. I love how deep you got with, like, the illusion of what you're holding on to and being real. No, it's true. Relatable. And I see, I think once you do make that leap and go bald, you grow as a person internally, too. Like, it helps you so? just own yourself. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because you're, you're put in a place where you have to own yourself. Yeah. Mm. It's like there's no hiding anymore, eventually. True. And then... I think that I became, I think my swag increased. Yes. Internally. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. Once I just started shaving my head, I was like. Side effect of being bald. Yeah. Swag will increase. Yeah. I Rocket. love that. That's just like owning it, you know, and just really like being the master of your domain, exactly. you know, so to speak. Because exactly. wow. I think that we all like, there's a lot of illusions that we create, you know, and it's okay. See, like my whole thing is like, I'm never trying to wake a sleepwalker. Like, I feel like mm. people need to get there on their own. Yeah. So that's why when I read mm. the discourse on those like channels and stuff, like there's part of like the, you want to be respectful to a person for like wanting to, you know, like ignorance is bliss a lot mm. of times, yeah. mm. but once you've kind of peered through the curtain and you just, it, then you want to like tell someone, take the leap, no matter what it is in their life. You know, mm. it doesn't have to just be about hair. It can be anything, you know, mm -hmm. but those people have to make the jump. You cannot mm. push them. Yeah. You know? That's true. Yeah. I don't know if that resonates with you and like, in your in like music or in other aspects of your life but like did that you know what you're saying about that translate to other areas too about that swag i think Incredible so yeah, i think so <laughs> <laughs> yeah like honestly as, as silly as it sounds the music is the same way yeah like you have to especially for me like as you've seen me mm -hmm. throughout the whole thing it's like yeah i think that i you know, once you start becoming successful in, like, a format of something, mm -hmm. like, I think for me, the format was, like, just broadly put, electronic music, we'll say. Mm -hmm. Totally. totally. And it's like, oh, this is working. I can, like, mold what I'm good at to, like, fit this thing that people want. And, you know, maybe sneak in, you know, sneak in, like, my personality and character in there. Totally. But, yeah, I feel like... You got to own yourself at some point. Like, you got to be like, this is what I like to do. Mm -hmm. like, this style of music. I mean, it could be so many different things or this type of show. And you just got to do it. Yeah. You know, because if you don't, you'll just be unhappy. Mm. Well, no, I, I don't even want to say that because it depends on who you are. That's how I felt. Some people like just... <sighs> Like having a formula almost. Yeah, having mm -hmm. a formula or fitting into like a, a a thing. Well, you know what it is also what I've identified. Uh, you know, a lot of people that I see come through the doors of Brownies Lemonade. Now, for medicine, you know, I met you when you were a young person. I think that you may have been 18 years old or Whoa. pretty, pretty I think young. so. Yeah. So we did the first show of his collective mm -hmm. at the time, Film Noir. It was in a busted down uh, art gallery warehouse space on La Brea. 
very close to you know where I used to live, Mid City. Anyway, long story short, we brought these kids out, and like there was like that kind of like odd future energy. You know, mm-hmm. they were like young. Uh, it was Oshi's first show. He came over from the UK. There's just a lot of people where we're like, wow, these kids are going to be something. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of personality. That was one of the craziest shows ever. It was way. insane. It was, it was crazy. <laughs> and those shows used to get so crazy, like you couldn't leave because mm-hmm. yeah. it was so packed in. Mm-hmm. But um, to go from that to see where you are now, now it's, granted, it's been like seven years, but it's like, it's amazing to see, as a, especially through your music and your art, that growth and mm. like where you're talking about that unwillingness to just like allow you to not define yourself, mm. you know? Cause what I do see happen a lot when the kids that come through Brian's and Lemonade is like they themselves growing up were bullied or they were outsiders or they were weird, yeah. mm. you know, so to mm. speak. And their producer moniker is their way to like have their power fantasy finally, mm. where they can be attractive mm. to women. They can mm. they can tour. They can be the headliner, the sole person. Yeah. Now that's another illusion that I think some people like to live in for as long as possible. You know. Mm. Now for you, what you were saying is that maybe sometimes, at least in this electronic music world, that mm. necessarily wasn't who you think you are. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, when that- did that start happening for you? Just, you mean like kind of unraveling? Or just like starting to think about not, like it didn't feel right. Like I feel like that's like an interesting thing to start realizing. Because I feel like all those things you just described are so exciting, especially when you're young. Mm-hmm. And it's so easy to just get enveloped by you're on tour, you're on a cool show, everyone's looking at you and all that mm-hmm. stuff. But it takes an interesting moment for you to be like, this doesn't actually feel right. I think it it, it wasn't like one moment, yeah. but just generally, I think it was just playing shows, playing mm-hmm. shows and festivals because mm-hmm. I think I always, I always knew because I, I was always into like Flying Lotus and just like people who were kind of doing that. They were on their own, just doing mm-hmm. whatever they wanted to do and uh, not morphing it to like, I think. I would just play shows and I put out like an album called Irene, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel like that was kind of at the height of my popularity and my like touring popularity. I was playing a lot of shows and a lot of people knew that album. But I was in so many situations where I would go play a festival and like they're just throwing a bag at me and I have no production costs. So I'm mm-hmm. just like, sure, I'll come play your festival. <laughs> and then I like yeah. pull up and like, I will play this festival. And it's weird, dude. Say I'll play for a crowd of, just for the sake of math, we'll say a thousand people, Mm -hmm. right? I usually, I would say at least 5% of the crowd is a fan of my music, right? Mm -hmm. The other 95% will not be a fan of my music and they're just a festival goer that wants Mm -hmm. to have fun. So... I'm in this position where I have this album that is not it straight up. It is not a fun album to listen to live. Mm -hmm. It's not like you play it live. It doesn't, it does not really work. It Mm -hmm. works at a headline show where everyone knows it. They're paying to see that. And that's exact. That's what they want to see. Mm -hmm. And that, that's a whole other thing. Cause sometimes I get so used to doing festivals that sometimes Mm -hmm. I'll be playing like bangers at a headline show. And then like, I'll play an Irene track and then what? Oh, and I'm and like, like what? Dude, yeah, I, that's like emotional to me. I'm like, oh my god, thank you. Mm-hmm. Like, holy shit. Yeah. Um, sorry. Um, please, yeah, please say yeah, whatever yeah. you need. <laughs> but I would, I would, yeah, I would play so many festivals. Uh, yeah, where I'd be in that position where, you know, I'll play a huge slot 
and but I didn't I couldn't play my stuff. I'll try to play it. I'm like, mm-hmm. this is very awkward. Don't like this. Let me just go to the safe, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah. And then I'll mm-hmm. play a festival and I'll get paid a great amount of money that you know, my parents would be proud of mm-hmm. and then I'll leave the stage. <laughs> yep. But I'll still feel like that wasn't what I wanted. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's that that's the beginning of the journey, I think, of figuring that out. Because now from there it's like, am I, you know, what's the word? Am I ungrateful? Is it not is this not enough, you know? Is it yeah. like, D- bro, just, like, chill and do what you're doing. You're making great yeah. money. Like, why would you, you know, are you being, like, uh, like artistically snobby? You know right. what I'm saying? Yeah. Which which I think I definitely am to some degree. Which I think you should be if yeah. you care about your art. Right. That's you not know? always a bad thing. Yeah. Well, let me let me take it back then a little bit because I remember, for me, in your career, because I was there... F- I've been there for all of it, uh, for the most yep. part since yep. that. Literally all of it. All, yeah. yeah. And honestly, working with you throughout all these years has always been amazing. Thanks, I just want to say that. Just Thank like, you. you're a great dude. Likewise. We got a great relationship. Val, sorry that you're I'm coming in. I'm just here in. for the vibes. <laughs> I don't want to make this the third wheel thing. Uh, but, yeah, should uh, I leave? No, no, no. That's cool. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I remember one watershed moment for you is when um, you were doing those Ikali shows at the mm-hmm. end of 2016, I want to say. Mm-hmm. And you played that show at the observatory in OC. Mm. I remember you came off the stage. We were backstage and all these people were coming up to you. I know Getter was there. A lot mm. of like people that were really established in the industry. Mm-hmm. And they were gassing you up. Like, mm. bro, you are it. You are the future. <laughs> and let's be honest, like the set you were playing was like, it was trap. It was heavy trap. It was like a lot of really like just like high energy, the kind of stuff you're talking about mm-hmm. that people might expect for you to play at a festival. And I... I wonder, like, at the time, like, what was going through your head when, like, all of that stuff was first presented to you, it seemed like, and these doors Mm -hmm. were opening, and then, you know. I think, well, that's a complicated question. Yeah, because that was, like, what I think what you're talking about, that's when it started, that was, like, the first part of it. Yeah. And then then it led to, like, what you were talking about, like, doing the festival. I agree, yeah. I was was interested in, like, what that inflection point is you know because that happens in people's careers where like that was like a moment where everyone was like oh now now we're noticing you yeah yeah i think that man it's hard like i've because i've put out the first thing that makes things a little confusing for me is i've put out so much different music yeah like i've put out the pink polo with masego i've put out the zoo Right. You know what I'm saying? Do you have any idea how far apart those are, like demographic and vibe wise? Like, oh, and the the Portugal the Man remix. Portugal the Man. I'm remix, sure there's millions like, of people that have discovered you through that. Exactly. And we're like, they hear the zoo. Yeah, <laughs> and they're like, what is he doing? Is this the same guy? Is this a glitch? Uh, yeah. But so I don't know. I but mean, it speaks to your versatility and like how you know the depth of where you could go, depending. I agree. Know. Yeah, and that's. Yeah, that's another thing. I'll I'll come back to that. Yeah, but come back to that. I think that, like, you know, having people notice and it's hard to even remember because I was so young and I was so, I think, you know, not in a bad way. It's just how it is when you're younger. I think my perspective was more polluted by, like, ego or, like, wanting people to like me or, or maybe I'll do a thing or, like, 
go in a direction because I'm getting this reward and this this dopamine hit of like, oh my God, get her, put me on a story or like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. oh, I'm like. Totally. Those things mean a lot. Yeah. And it, yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Like, I don't know. I, I just know that right now that stuff means like nothing to me. Mm. Like, and not even in like a, you're above it or whatever. It's yeah, just, I just mean, it's just like, if someone wants to put me on their story and like appreciate me, I'll be like, thanks, bro. But it's <laughs> like, I don't know. I'm just not chasing that anymore because I've yeah. had enough money and enough notoriety. I think, I think at least, like, I mean, the ladder goes pretty high, you know, but in my mind, I think I've had enough to learn that that's not what, God, it sounds like so cliche, but it's just no. not what really matters to me. Mm -hmm. And I think that does matter to some people, and that's totally fine. If you're like a business person, you know what I mean? And music is a business to you, and you like the sport of like getting higher fees and grinding, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of veering off of what your original question was. I'm sorry, no, I but, mean, I don't think so. Um, I just, I think it's really interesting. And Val, I'm, I, I'd love to hear your thoughts on it too, but it's like, I'm there for the, that breaking point for so many artists, like hun literally hundreds, like, you know, I've seen it. Mm -hmm. And depending on that person's temperament or their outlook, you know, you see you're a very grounded person, you know, but it affects everyone differently, you know? Oh, yeah. And just seeing where you are now from that point, it's amazing to see that personal growth. Mm -hmm. But for other people, you know, that ego, that, that disease of more, always wanting more, bigger, bigger billing, more streams, yep. higher bag, you know, bigger bag, higher, higher fee. Mm -hmm. It it's unending, you yeah. know. So where you were saying like you are content, that's not something that you hear someone say with like actual conviction. Where you're like, yeah, well, you know, yeah, you know, it's hard because it it just if it could seemingly never end really mm -hmm. at that point. So yeah, you know, and I think it it yeah it doesn't for some people. I don't know. It's hard to know if someone genuinely just likes the sport of what they're doing and, and getting the higher fees and grinding or if it's like, or they are chasing the, like the, yeah, the hamster on the, the treadmill or whatever. Mm. But, mm. you know, um, I don't know. <laughs> well, it's, it, <laughs> I, I think that the, I think that also sometimes you're just like, you could just say, I don't know. And that is a sufficient answer. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and you're still going through like transitioning and like trying new things. I think like I was listening totally. to the, the new album, which mm -hmm. is fantastic. Thank I gotta you. tell you. Yeah, absolutely. And I want, I was curious because I was reading some of the stuff you were posting as well, talking about how you really like went away for a while and it felt like this was something really cathartic for you, really different for you. Totally. So how did that, feel to like prepare this project and put it out and be doing something so different from before because I feel like you took like a three-year break right yeah something along those mm -hmm. lines mm -hmm. and I'm sure fans were like where did you go mm -hmm. what are you doing and then we're so excited for your return mm -hmm. and there's a lot of feeling that gets built up during a time when you're away mm -hmm. so how was that for you dude it was it was like everything it was confusing and scary and exciting mm. i don't know i think that that was you know 
Yeah, when you say that, it put into perspective for me that I definitely still am in that transition. Like, I am... I think that that was the first album that I was like... I kind of said, like, fuck, like, everything? (laughs) Yeah, because I would always... Like, I think in my albums in the past, and I mean this in no, you know, I love every person I've ever worked with mm-hmm. or every, like, feature I've ever done. But, you know, there's a lot of, like, you know, we need a vocal track. Like, this is sick, but we need a vocal track. And mm-hmm. it's like, well. Yeah, like external tell. external forces kind of telling you that you yeah, need things. Yeah, yeah. And, like, <clears throat> and, you know, internal forces, too. Like, oh, maybe I should format this song this way so it'll kind of work or feel more like the last thing. Yeah. And I feel like with this... I really tried to almost like trigger like a fan, like not just to be mean, but I'm just like, I literally don't care at all. I'm just sprinting forward, like in musical growth and just exploring like drums was a big part of that. Like I was learning a lot about playing and recording drums and um, just kind of taking all the energy that I put into touring and doing things that I think I finally was like, I don't like this. Why mm. am I doing this? And yeah. I'm like, let me do something I like. And yeah. So I think that album was me just like, I don't even care if it's good or bad. or I don't, I don't even care. This is just like me having fun and like aggressively not trying to, even though I think there's still some element of me like trying to appeal. I, I, don't, I don't think you can fully get away from that. Yeah. You know what I mean? But um, but in a different way, I feel like. Like, it sounds like you were just making stuff that feels interesting to you, whether it was yeah. something new to you or... Yeah. Because that was something I noticed, like, listening to the the songs in the album, they're so full of, like, texture and mm. so many layers, and mm. it does sound really different than a mm. lot of stuff that you hear nowadays. So mm. I feel like when you say that, it feels very clear to me that you were experimenting and just having fun. Yeah. As someone who's a producer. Totally. Music maker. Yeah. Yeah. Just experimenting and having fun and and letting a lot of my like influences shine. Like I think mm-hmm. that there's stuff that I've always loved. Like, I don't know, it could be anything. Like I love like jazz. A, jazz. I love Radiohead. I love yeah. like but you know, I'll kind of be like, Yeah, but that's over there. Yeah. Let me make this Portugal the Man remix. And like <laughs> let me stay in my box. You know what I mean? I mean the but Portugal the Man that remix is. is one of my favorite <laughs> it, it, songs it, of all it's time. A sm- I mean, it's an I'm absolute not just saying smash, that because you're yeah. here. I will I, I would have yeah. I mean, dude, on top of all of that, there's also like the culture evolving. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. as much as I could be like distance myself from that song, that was just a different time of electronic music. Like everything we're talking about is me and what I'm going through, but you know, in the past We'll say seven years since I've been doing all this, a lot has changed. Yeah, like what do you feel like you're? What do you, you feel know? like you're noticing as far as culture evolving? Oh my gosh! Uh, One thing that's changed, of course, not while you're thinking on it, but yeah. is the way that music has been distributed. Because right? mm-hmm. yep. SoundCloud is how we've discovered you, but you were one of the success stories of Spotify streaming mm-hmm. for someone in your genre. Yep. I made the transition yeah. from like Spo- uh, SoundCloud to Spotify. Yeah. yeah, a lot of people didn't survive that. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Um, and then, then I guess you can catch us up also uh, since then. Yeah. Um, man, I don't. Let Let's see. 
<laughs> There's a lot. <laughs> there is honestly go in, a lot. He's downloading it. It's right a big now. question. Oh, seriously, I mean, it's just crazy. Like, I'm just curious is... because when you say that, I mean, you're so right because I feel like mm. we talk about it a lot on several conversations we've had about just coming from like the blog era, and we talk a lot about the differences between then and now. Some good, some bad, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's so different when you're in a studio by yourself making mm. music on like an open canvas like you know like you're saying like the portugal the man remix it sounds great and still timeless in many ways but at the same time there is like tied to it the time of when it came totally. out you know yes. so yeah yep. i'm just curious like what cultural observations you feel like you're feeling the most man i'm trying to think of the top hitters because there's a lot <laughs> i mean dude, more than one seriously like as much as i love making music i think mm-hmm. i also love as cheesy as it sounds like music philosophy. Like mm. it's like a hobby of mine. Like I love, I'm always thinking and observing what's going on out there. I mean, same. I think one of, yeah, <laughs> honestly, same. Yeah. like one of the biggest things from then and now, I would say, I think a good place to start, which is kind of broad is it just feels like a, like a free-for-all kind of like it feels Mm. like they're used to i think that the the boundaries of like a lot of genres and like scenes have just kind of dissolved and kind of like a lot of that has to do with uh even splice like the the actual creation of music has Mm. become very different and very a lot more accessible like the threshold of how much you have to learn and practice like i've been making beats since i was 12 yeah and i had to make 10 trillion beats till i made one portugal the man remix you know what i mean i think like you know i don't have a crystal ball but i think someone could make a portugal the man-esque remix within one year Mm -hmm. of like having a laptop and splice and um so i think there's that and then yeah. there's a lot more music overall, like tons more music also sort of because of that, because mm-hmm. it's a lot easier to make and a lot of people want to just, yeah, make music. And I mean, I feel like I totally agree both on the good and bad side of what you're saying, because I feel like on the good side, we're seeing people be more experimental and deviate exactly. from like, oh, you're supposed to make music that sounds like this because it's this genre. Mm-hmm. But then on the bad side, there's so much accessibility to being being able to do that that there's also a lot of bad music being made that <laughs> yeah, yeah. i would say sometimes the older powers that play in the music industry are like that's what's worked in the past let's pick that up and do that and you're yeah. like things are so much better and more interesting if you dig a little deeper right I, yes yeah. and i i also think i also want to say like just because you got me thinking about the industry side of it like the manager yeah. side and the a and r side or the influencer music influencer side of it i think a few years ago like five seven years ago it felt again like there's these scenes and you can pretty easily identify them and get involved as like an a and r or a person or a manager and Mm -hmm. you can be like let's uplift this this is great and this is popping off and it felt like you could really sorry use your like it was a creative endeavor in some sense to be a manager. And, yeah. uh, and I think it still is. But I think also today it's so much that people in the industry 
I mean, for a while, we're just looking at TikTok metrics because it's like, there's so much shit out there. I don't even know where to really begin. Mm -hmm. Like, let's just like, look, what are the numbers doing? You know what I mean? And that was kind of the beginning of like, what are the numbers doing? Yeah. You know? Yes. And, you know, how many TikToks are you making? And yeah. There's a lot to unpack, dude. Gosh. Which is, and then, see, I like, see, <laughs> There's I like, a lot to no, unpack I'm today. so glad I love a music thinker, which yeah. is why we sit here and have conversations say, with music yeah, people yeah. all the time. But, mm-hmm. I love, like, again, I like to see both the good and the bad of mm-hmm. things that you're saying. And I feel like there's, again, both good and bad, right? It's like the obvious bad part is I feel like we did get lost in the sauce of, like, getting too caught up in the numbers to the point where, I mean, we see it. There's, like, some artists or some songs out there where you're like, just because they got a billion views on TikTok doesn't mean they're a great artist. Yeah. But then on the other side, I feel like we've we've seen a whole new type of artist, for better or for worse, where, like, the artists that know how to be both an artist, but also be a person on camera and also direct mm-hmm. their own content. And like, that's a whole different kind of person. Like not every artist can do that. Totally. But we've seen some really amazing people. Yeah. That out. Yeah. It made me think about when, when you were saying that it made me think about when I was an A&R uh, at a major label a couple years ago. And one of the things that they, that they have access to are all different kinds of, you know, A&R tools, like these really cool Spotify playlists that use algorithmic data to generate like every week, like brand new stuff. So like you'll have different subcategories of every genre. So we're talking about there's hundreds of different kinds of playlists that you can access. So it's like specifically electronic music. There's like Pulse. So it's a stuff that's like doing really well right now mm. when you can see it trending. And then there's another one that's like edge. It's like the stuff that's on the cutting edge, but it's making a little progress. And then there's like the mega hits. And so you like look through these playlists and you just are refreshing and you like are just digging through. But mind you, all ARs have these tools at the disposal if they work for a major label. So then I was like, what people who are actually in culture have yeah. to look at this stuff and actually listen and be like, and then go and look at the social media and be like, no, there's actually something here mm. yeah. that is like tangible. Has yeah. Tangible you can't stuff. just yeah. look at numbers mm-hmm. like solely. It, it, w- it won't work. Mm. But the, the discrepancy for me at the major label was that I was able to identify the culture stuff and bring it to them. And then a lot of times it'd be like, yeah, but there's like no listenership. There's no yeah. numbers here, but I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, not yet. But like, one example is yeah. is 100 Gex, right? The first week it came out, <laughs> I saw example. the video. I was on it, like on it, got it to you know the label and everything, and it just they didn't see the value in it yet. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I was like, but you understand that there's like a culture <laughs> here, like you're saying, there's a scene, there's like the people that you know, there's gender fluidity, there's like the like the hyper pop stuff, there's like there's internet pockets that are going to champion yeah. this couple months later they're opening for Brockhampton on their world tour. you know it's just, it just happens fast yeah. but if we only rely on data you're never going to see the things that actually have value you know mm. the things that that can't be reflected in a Spotify playlist you yeah know? I agree and I think that I think a lot of them know that too but it's just not worth the risk to them mm. or I don't know but also I want to say to your point that I don't think it is a good or a bad thing. I don't think any of this is good or bad. It's just what's happening. Mm. Like and it's not even exclusive to music either. I mean, this is like this is a worldwide technology evolution thing. I mean, the same way that there is an overwhelming am- amount of music to keep up with and there's less like almost 
meaningful viral moments where everyone comes together and is mm. like Gwen Stefani or like you know what I mean? <laughs> what a name to throw out. Yeah, I love or, that. Yeah. Or think about like uh Damn Daniel. You know mm. what I mean? That mm. doesn't really happen anymore. I mean it sometimes doesn't. it yeah. does, but it's it just way. it's just like, oh damn, all right, bye. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. It's like yeah. there's twenty thousand damn Daniels every day. So yeah. it's yeah, I think you just, can't even mention Grimace Shake now, man. I mean, by the time this airs, oh like, people are going to be like, dude. <laughs> that was a big one, though. That was a big one. Yeah, no, but was, I, yeah. I agree. Like, TikTok is actually even shortening what even the lifespan of virality is to, like... It's oh, like, really? It's, like, on well, the back end, you're saying? No, I'm just saying, like, what you're saying, like, damn Daniel mm. could go on Ellen <laughs> and, like, get a lifetime supply of bands, yeah. and, like, the, there was, like, there, it could exist and have its moment. Mm-hmm. The moments almost feel like as... Uh, fleeting and elusive as you know like just like a dragonfly lifespan it's just like it comes and it goes and then no one ever even knew it was there you know Mm -hmm. it's like 24 hours tops or whatever because even when you were talking about like the SoundCloud Spotify stuff you know when you started when you first started to make that transition like even then I was telling people I think culture is changing like month to month or year to year which at Mm. the time was really fast because it used to be decades. <laughs> mm-hmm. Used yeah. to be able to be like, oh, that's that's a song from the eighties. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But now there's like, you know, there is we're living in a perpetual now. So if you hear a song from like five years ago, it can trend on TikTok because it sounds exactly like what's kind of being produced. Now. There's there's no like distinction between when something came out or not, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if that's good or bad. It means that anyone could kind of succeed at any time. It's mm-hmm. random, but it's not like. There's the song now mm. that everyone is jumping behind her. Like you're saying, you know, there's the meme now that everyone's talking about, including your mom, mm-hmm. including your coworkers. It's just we don't have that. Yeah. Ex- well, I w- maybe we still kind of do. We just have oh, there's a lot more going on at the same time. So it feels right. less contrasty. Like there's like yeet. You know what I'm saying? I feel like yeet <laughs> is one I can think of that was a big <laughs> cultural deal and like, yeah, still yeah, is. Yeah. And yeah. No, I mean, they, they they come and go, but I, yeah, I, I don't want to get too caught up in like me always being a, a prisoner of the moment and talking <laughs> about how, but you said it best. I always say the same thing. It's not good or bad. It's just different. Mm. It, it's, it's whatever it, you think it is. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. not, I'm not, I wouldn't tell anyone if it's good or bad. It's just how you think about it, but. But it makes is... sense. I feel like you, you did yourself a big favor in that case, as far as like having the internal realization as an artist to be like, something didn't feel right with you and then you did something that felt right. Like you can sit alone in your studio in your room and be really happy with the music you make, whether or not it goes viral or has a moment or something like that. Uh, you'd think, like, <laughs> you'd think yeah. that that sounds nice. Yeah. No, well, it's not quite I mean, the case. I don't think anyone's ever truly, I mean, like I think in a medium to longer term way. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I feel like I know that, if I'm doing exactly what I want to do, it's going to stand the test of time more to me. And I'll be like, I was doing what I wanted to do. And yeah. like when I die, I want to be able to look back and be like, I did. I was doing what I wanted to do. Yeah. You know? But, you know, I feel like shit <laughs> often. Like I think like everyone does or like, everyone gets yeah insecure about like, is this going to be good enough? And, you know, like I have a lifespan with my own songs. Like my every song I've ever released was the favorite thing I've ever made ever at one point, and my brain was just surging with serotonin. But you know, a month later, it's kind of like, oh yeah, that song, like mm. that's got to go out, huh? We got to get art for it. What is what does it feel like? What is the art gonna look like? Let's listen. 
I don't even know anymore. Jesus. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Hit up yeah. the guy. Like it, it, and it's a little mechanical. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Um, not that it has to be. That sounds really dark. I mean, it's you can a have really... fun with it. But I'm, I'm just saying. Yeah. I, I just wouldn't want someone out there to listen to this and be like, "Damn, he's like happy." Like, right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm like, bro, I'm just like you. Like, and dude, that's the number one thing I tell people because I've had a lot of these conversations after shows, you know? Like, I have a lot of yeah. fans from SoundCloud and they're just like, dude, how do I do this? And I'm mm, like, yeah. well, I could like tell you what I did. But ultimately, if you're having fun making music, like, you already won. Mm-hmm. It'd be great if you could make money. Like, money, it helps. Mm-hmm. It's not the answer, but it'll make your life a little easier. And, but ultimately, yeah, it's like, if you're having fun and enjoying making music, it's like, I don't know what else you really, that you could get. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's amazing. Like listening to that, the most recent album and hearing you definitely, there's a freedom for sure in, in, in the music, you mm -hmm. know? And, you know, quite often, especially with like electronic adjacent stuff, I'm like, hearing things that it just reminds me of other things very clearly mm-hmm. but that are kind of similar like mm-hmm. you know you hear like one disco song and you're like well that's a similar baseline or a sample to another disco song or maybe it's literally derived from that right <laughs> yeah with with your album it made me think about things that had nothing to do with it was in a totally different like i, I started thinking about like the the movie birdman it's just like hmm. it's a constant drum beat the whole the whole time. It's just like all percussion, hmm. and it just like hits a crescendo at certain points. And the it there's a drum drum backing to the entire movie. Hmm. And so, yeah, I just recently watched that movie, and it just hmm. the first couple songs and throughout the the album just really made me think of that movie. That's so. And funny. then also the movie Whiplash, which was one of my favorite movies. Oh yeah. Um, I don't know if they had played any part in it, but. If that's what it's evoking for me, uh, on top of like of of course a lot of the the lush um, parts of the album and stuff, but mm-hmm. it's great when you can just take someone outside of like their normal comfort zone of compare. It's because comparison is always going to be part of it subconsciously. I think uh, uh, a lot of you stuff. Mean, you mean you comparison know? as far as reference points of like, oh, I understand this as being a combination of this and this. Well, yes, because what what I see with a lot of people, especially people who aren't in music, is when they hear something. The first thing, uh, an impulse that people want to say is, oh, it sounds like this. Oh, God. Right? Yeah. But that is just, that's just because people want to understand things, like Mm -hmm. especially things that are vague or abstract. Mm -hmm. They want to try to put it in a- Familiarity, yeah. Exactly. That is, yeah, that's the most, that can be the most triggering and the most useful sentence ever. Yeah. Like show someone a song and they're like, oh, this reminds, like 10 seconds in, this reminds me of this. You're like- of what? And then you like look it up. You're like, oh my god! Now I have to delete the whole song and start over because yeah. it already exists. Yeah, and I've definitely learned not to uh, n- not to say that too much. So I'm sorry if I if you didn't like the movie Birdman, but uh, no, I, I actually they... haven't seen it. Okay, cool. Yeah. I highly well, recommend yeah. it. It's but fucking, but it's any amazing. any no, I mean any any association that you come up with with uh, I think it's interesting. The album's a little confusing, uh, probably. How so? <laughs> like how so? I, I would imagine it'd be confusing. But I like from the outside looking at it, but the way I see it, I think that over the period of the last three to four years that I like 
everything is related to me. Like all types of music are related. Like this beautiful string section in this movie scene is the same thing to me as this beautiful string section that like, I don't know. Everything's just related or this weird radio head texture, weird synth thing. It's like, you know, you could hear it in a Vince Staples beat too, or like some weird beat. Like, yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? I just feel yeah, like yeah, there's yeah. really no, like, uh, like, and it's it's not a good thing necessarily from a marketing perspective because that is a useful <laughs> right. tool to have that person. Like, I bounce stuff off my girlfriend, and she's just like, "Oh, this reminds me of this sometimes," or yeah. And that's very, you need to know those things or how it's going to land on someone's ears. But. Mm-hmm. Totally. Well, I think the everyday person needs things like genres or comparisons because, yeah, because music is so nebulous to, to maybe someone, people like us who can sit around and talk about it yeah. for hours. It's right. not. You know but, what? Sorry, I, yeah. sorry, sorry to interrupt. No, I, no, I, the, I'm realizing this right now for myself. Ooh. I... I want to pass that on. I think that's part of what I wanted to pass on with the album is like, guys, like this is all the same shit. Yeah. Music is music. Yeah. Like if you're hearing this song and you feel like you want to like it, but you don't understand where it falls, that's okay. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. You can hear something and not have to understand what it is and take it in almost like meditatively and just like let it hit you and you don't have to... Um, you know, again, not that there's no use to that, like, but yeah, that's part of almost my message, I feel like, with mm-hmm. that project and just music in general. It's just like, if you think that this is so different, I actually might disagree. I don't think it's that different. I think that you understand the components of all of this and you've probably enjoyed a lot of music that had all these ingredients in it. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. It's oh, just, yeah. you can't figure out where it lands in in your head <laughs> so it's like uh well yeah, yeah you know what i mean that feels like yeah. an old school uh traditional way of like how a lot of artists thought about stuff i think in a bygone era of like the 90s were like in my opinion i think an era where creativity and music on its own terms and merits was at an all-time high i do think that things have changed a lot since then for yeah good or for bad i but, mean i feel like it's one of it's i always talk about in dance music or electronic music specifically it's such a cannibalistic genre because it's like all the different subgenres are so different all grouped under one umbrella and then they go to war with each other mm-hmm. so it's like who even is electronic music people will be like I only listen to techno I mm-hmm. only listen to dubstep and you're like there's actually so much that's related to all of these like mm-hmm. if you go down the history of like where things were created and who was playing what back in the day like people used to play all the genres and it was mm-hmm. like not that big of a deal or yeah. like there's a lot of crossover but so I, I I like your message. I like that you've just realized yeah, that message. Yeah, like another one I just thought of when you said that was, yeah. I remember I went to Electric Zoo yeah. in New York because I happened to be in New York like doing something else and my manager was there with an artist. He was like, do you want to go? I was like, sure. And like pretty recently, like two years ago, one, two years ago or something. Uh-huh. And there's a lot of house music. Mm-hmm. And this was kind of when I was like locked in the studio a lot studying music making music and and i haven't heard house music live in a while and i was just hearing all this house music everywhere and i was like this is literally like i've been listening to a lot of african music like Mm -hmm. old african music from the 70s like fela kuti and i'm like this is the exact same thing but i'm just like to me i'm like why would there have to be a like 
you could take a Fela Kuti song and like probably scoot it from 118 to 120 <laughs> BPM and then literally just put a splice four on the floor kick yeah. and that would go off in yeah. this environment. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, so I was like But I'm sure it has. Like I like we're oh, literally well, getting... of, co- of course it has. Well, I, I mean I, yeah, you're right. That, no, that's no, no, a... no, but I'm, we're getting to the point where like people are doing that much and it's being considered a new song, you know? Yeah. And maybe that's the way it's always been though. Like mm-hmm. that that that's the thing we have to consider is like when you look at the white label records from the, these like rave records in the 90s, some of it was just like yeah, they they sped it up a little bit, added a kick behind it. You you know, just like oh, print it. It's a it's a bootleg. It's a yeah, bootleg, you know? yeah. So well, every generation needs to learn. Yeah, you know? yeah. If the kids don't know what they don't know. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, no, because and uh, that's true. I I think we're just always going to be <laughs> judged by the tools that we have at mm-hmm. that given moment. You know, so you 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 mentioned splice as an example. Mm-hmm. And I think that some people are debating whether it's been a net positive for music production in general. You know. Splice is in a crazy position. I don't even think that they intended to have this much influence over music. Like, they really have changed music for everybody. Mm-hmm. Like, even in genres that are unrelated, it's had, like, a splash effect. Yeah. Um, yeah. Splice is interesting. I All I will say on that is I would hope anyone that has that amount of influence and knows it, which they definitely do, can be as like pure as possible and really make well-informed decision and, and get a lot of outside perspective on, you know, culture and things like, you know, and not fall too far into like investors and building a big mm. company. Cause that's the same thing we're all suffering from everywhere right now. It's like, there's all these companies that just want to become as rich as possible at the expense of you being addicted and like r- ruining society. I mean, it's happening mm. everywhere. You know? Yeah. And yeah. it's almost like music's the last frontier where we can retreat and be happy. <laughs> it's like, true. So don't, don't fuck up music. Oh please. no, they great love power. Yeah. Comes great yeah well, wherever, wherever people can retreat and be happy, people will figure out how to monetize that too. But I, I think, <laughs> You know, it's just, I think it's a good time for music. We we talk about it all the time, but yeah, there's there's interesting aspects. There's results and, and side effects of, you know, wide access. And I, anyone at any time now can, can produce anything and yeah. Something has happened. Okay. In response to that. And I, let me know if y'all have like observed this Mm -hmm. from your vantage point. Sure. I think that specifically the seventies has had a big resurgence, at least amongst me and like my friend group. I think a lot of my generation is rediscovering seventies music and Spotify is kind of like pushing it. It's tight. They're like, Hey, you like that Jay-Z song? This is what sampled it. Check out Mm. the album. And it's like, this album's amazing. Like, you know, and a lot of people are into like seventies music right now. And a lot of producers are into drums. Like that's not something exclusive to me or my album. Like that's, there's the count. There's like cartoons, you know, these guys. Yeah. Like there's, yeah, I think a lot of the reason that's happening is because that's hard. That's very hard to do. To get like a crispy 70s drum sound like that sounds like it was recorded from the ground up that you can't do that on Splice, you know? And even if you could get it on Splice, yeah. if you didn't go through the whole era of learning about drum sounds and like 
from the past and and all this, then you're not even going to present it in a track, like in a well-educated way. Like people will, you know, be able to tell. Like, yeah, I I think that it's almost, we had to raise the skill cap for music in response to Splice. Because I think a lot of us were like, damn, the thing that made my, my musical personality, my musical personality is now downloadable, like immediately. So it's like, I think you're totally right. I mean, I feel like there is something obviously very valuable about, like the texture or the authenticity of like music that was made back in the day. Mm-hmm. And with all the music that's coming out now, you do have to find things that make it stand out or make it sound different than what's out there. Mm-hmm. And even to the untrained ear, you can tell like when something hits a little different or it feels different than the other music that you're listening to. So totally. yeah, I think you're right on the money there. Yeah. yeah. The seventies, it's a really good observation too, because like, you know, seventies, I've said this forever, but is the best decade of music maybe I ever. No. Right? I agree. Yeah. I and that's agree. because. Interesting. So like the okay. Beatles. I don't in... agree. No, I mean, I've just honestly never. Which is okay if you don't. <laughs> no, no. I just think I've never considered it. So the one Thoughtfully. of the, I'll, I'll give you my <laughs> argument. And then I want to ask a, a few more questions about, about you personally, because, uh, <laughs> you know, you're, you're here and because <laughs> yes, we could talk about the seventies a lot, but, sure. uh, you know, the Beatles broke up in 69 and, you know, Altamont, like the end of the hippie movement and all that stuff. But in the seventies, you get cocaine. That's a big, that's a big part. Um, but <laughs> you get, do it. you get almost the purest form of creativity before electronic music and a lot of like that kind of stuff. Um, it influences production mm-hmm. so much. So things are still analog and, and, and um, yeah, and just like in every genre, you have the most innovative people. You have like Stevie Wonder, you have, you know, Led Zeppelin, you have Credence, you have like just like titans of every mm. Fleetwood Mac, people yeah. prolific, yeah, doing tons of nose, nose candy and just going, going <laughs> crazy. But real, there was real sadness. And we talk about recessions and war yeah. and how that influences it. All of that stuff. It was just like yes. this perfect concoction for creativity and it just from the 80s onward there's some great stuff in the 80s don't get me wrong love me some 80s but you almost cannot separate commercial from music from that point on uh, after the 70s. from 80s on from this after the 70s mm. yeah yeah um you know disco was a huge thing obviously and that was when people were rebelling super hard against disco sucks that was like a huge mm. movement um Check out the Chicago White Sox campaign where they literally exploded a bunch of disco records during the seventh <laughs> inning stretch. Whoa! Yeah, this is, it was like a riot yeah. uh, at a, at a baseball game. So people hated Crazy. disco. They hated the commercial aspect and what it represented. So yeah, but there is that that healthy time in the seventies where it really required you had to have the chops and the mind, and it all had to kind of yes. come together. Yeah. So that's what you're talking yeah. about. Is like yes. people need to go back into that seventies mindset. Think, yeah, I think it was a. It was also like, yeah, technological golden era because it was like we just got like fidelity. If you listen to like jazz in the mid 60s, it's crusty and it's <laughs> I love it. I love some of it, but it's it's like fidelity was low. You know, yeah. it sounds like fried through the tape of a guy banging on the drums in the corner with the <laughs> shitty ribbon mic. And I, I love it. That's some of my favorite stuff sometimes. But yeah. then in the 70s. Yeah, it was right before we got too much control over mm. stuff, you know? Because mm-hmm. once we got control, 
you know, like a lot of 90s drum sounds or something are very clean. Like they were like, they're trying to get away from the tape machines and all these things. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. It's, that was, I don't know exactly why, but yeah, that's, it just sounds really good. Saturation sounds good and tape saturation. It might, it might be gone by tomorrow. I don't know, but. But yeah, something about the '70s and just the machines being used and the way things sounded going through them, and the and again the level of entry was very high. Yeah, yeah. Like you're the Beatles, you have to find a George Martin, and like mm-hmm. you have to, a guy that knows how to use this huge, terrifying looking board, and like <laughs> and put the mic here and point it that way, and then like you know it's. It's Things were tricky back then. <laughs> a lot trickier. <laughs> a lot trickier. Yeah. Wait, so I'm curious, okay, mm. what was your music upbringing entry like? Because you said you started making Good music question. around 12. It was very young. beady. Okay. There was a lot of beats. Mm-hmm. Like, I was never, like, a prof- proficient musician. I played a little bit of guitar because of my dad, but I just started making beats. I started off making, like, hip-hop beats, mm-hmm. like, yeah. around the era of, dude, like, Chief Keef yeah. and uh, Waka and stuff mm-hmm. like that. That was the shit I liked. So I just, you, yeah, you started in like what was your first DAW that you fruity. were on? fruity, fruity, yeah. And you just lined yourself at home. Still in fruity loops too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I just made my older brother made beats. Okay, and he would like rap with his friends and smoke blunts. See, and stuff. people do it. <laughs> Yeah. I, I don't do you it. You don't have to see people do it, me, Chad. We know it, so they did it I mean, back <laughs> then. They're not doing. Trust people me, I'm, be doing I know, that. It's, it's, it's happening. And, yeah, and, more my era. Shout, shout out to every stoned freestyle circle going on right now. Um, <laughs> well, this the, is on in the background. Keep it alive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I just made beats and I made like hard trap beats. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, but then I got into like. I like shortly after that, I'm, I got into Clams Casino and Flying Lotus and people that still felt like they were making beats. These are beat mm-hmm. makers, but they're like also expressing themselves. Like Clams was like a huge inflection point for people. And is it because he really, you know, having produced obviously for like Dipset and stuff, but like, did he just, was he the guy that was like, oh, I can actually make this artistry as well? He was one of them for me. Yeah, because I, 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 I don't even know. I don't even know about reference. the Dipset stuff. Oh. Like I, I there's a EP he has called the Rainforest EP mm-hmm. that I remember, and yeah, I just remember hearing it, and stuff was like wrong, you know, like there was stuff just deep. <laughs> seriously, there was stuff just deep fried with saturation. Anyone right. listening to this, go listen to Natural by Clams Casino, uh-huh. and is old. And I just remember hearing that, and it just kind of like turned my brain on i was yeah. like that's intentional that's yeah. not like yeah. wrong that he's because that didn't happen very often in beats in like a artistic avant-garde mm-hmm. kind of way mm-hmm. you know um so yeah stuff like that and same with flying lotus you know like or like yeah. jay dilla i mean i guess jay dilla lives on in flying lotus and that like mm-hmm. you'll hear his drums and they're very like, you know, like, swung. I heard his first album just now in my head. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but that was, that, that's so cool. Yeah. I, for, for me too, that like the beat scene stuff was really important. Um, but you definitely went a little bit more. It's cause you had that trap foundation too. So mm-hmm. electronic music, like EDM wasn't necessarily like a huge influence for you. Would you say? It was at a certain point. It, it was, it was that. Uh, it was 
it was trap beats, like hip hop beats, yeah. and then it was um, like Flying Lotus and Clams Casino. I can't remember the order, but there was an era. I remember the era of Animals by Martin Garrix. Yeah. <laughs> Who doesn't? Yeah. All right, now we're cooking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. now we're cooking. And and okay, so I yeah I got into Zed. I loved Zed. I remember Spectrum by Zed. Yeah. Classics. Yeah, and very vibrant, big chords and yeah. clear big mixes and mastering and it was like oh my god like yeah. it was because it was new and it was like a concentrated version of music where we're getting these new plugins and like mm-hmm. you know people were making unrealistically good sounding well stuff. i think that mm. the animals especially That's interesting it, yeah it's, animals especially was mind-blowing for people because it was like a it was very minimalist mm-hmm. by the amount of elements in the song mm-hmm. but it was like slapping in a stadium yep and i think Valerie and I talk about, we've talked about it. It's a running theme on our show, but it proves my theory that people like Grant grew up with that music as the pop music. Yes. And so now to them, it's not like, it's not foreign that like electronic music is this, you know, for me, it it was never on the radio growing Mm. up, you Mm. know, Mm. except that, you know, Fatboy Slim and like Dirty Vegas, like some of the things that like kind of popped through, but Mm. To hear Zed on the radio growing up, this is part of, you know, our never, top 40. I was never on the radio, but I was on YouTube. On YouTube. I'm yeah. in the era of, like, Suicide Sheep and, yeah, yeah, and yeah. these guys. But and... the tools, the, yeah, but YouTube especially. But yeah. uh, it is it is cool that you had that growing up, mm-hmm. you know? I wonder yeah. what my life would have been like if I was... <laughs> Interesting. Hearing Martin Garrix at 12 or... You know, yeah. I don't even know how old I was. I wasn't 12. Or, yeah, but, there there are younger people, obviously, though. That but then there um, was another moment, a very big moment for me was Worlds by Porter Robinson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I loved Porter Robinson because I was kind of getting into like house music and this this stuff. And how long have you been like following Porter? Like, were you following him when he was making electro house? He was oh, an yeah. electro house DJ. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. literally what he was. <laughs> but like, I made music and I could hear like. There's something going on here. He's got some beautiful chords and like ideas that are, there's something different here, you know? And yeah. I was a big fan. And I remember, yeah, he kind of like dropped off the radar for a bit. And then he came back with Worlds. And I was like, that to me was kind of the air of what like, yeah, Fly Low or Clams was to, in my mind, like just beats. It was like, that's what Porter now was to electronic music. It was Mm, like, oh, this can be like personally expressive. It doesn't have to just be this like big epic sounding thing. It can be wrong and like weird and like. Soft. And soft, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You can cry. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But I think to, it was a a concept record, you Mm. know? Mm. And not a lot of concept albums were in electronic music. Then you go and tour it under that name. That was pretty new. Like, that had not been done a lot. Mm. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like there's a lot of... I have never talked to Porter about his journey during that time. But, like, back to what you were saying about realizing, like, your music wasn't ready for, like, a festival hit mm-hmm. kind of, like, set. And being able to translate the two. Yep. It's really interesting. I re- Yeah, I definitely... Relatable. I, almost guarantee you he was probably feeling similarly. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I'm sure he's, yeah. I I feel like I remember hearing some stuff about him talking about it because also it's like when you're so vulnerable with your music and you put it on a stage in that way, mm-hmm. it can be like 
extra detrimental to feel totally. the negative feedback. Yeah. But I guess like asking that question and now hearing a little bit more about your journey and everything, mm-hmm. how are you feeling now with like the new music being out? You're returned back mm-hmm. to the public sphere, thinking about like how you're gonna go back to like the stage, to performing live. Do you think you're is that on the agenda? I'm here to announce. Oh <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, Straight up, no, I love that. It, yeah, honestly, man. Well, yeah. d- never say never. No, no, not never. never. Absolutely for not. For not. Not, not. Yeah, for, for now. now, it's just not what I'm focused on. Like, I, I feel, mm-hmm. you know, I'm happy to put out that album. Yeah. Um, but I'm already, you know, I'm past it already. I'm just, to me, it was almost like, all right, let's go. Like that was the first, like, I just want to put out stuff and have fun. I have another thing coming out soon that you're probably going to hate. I'm just kidding. You won't hate it. But, (laughs) but it's like, again, it's almost kind of a curveball. and you know, not that it's trying to be like, I'm, I'm just, I almost want that to be a normal thing. I feel like I'm almost investing in my future, like Mm. public perception wise right now of like, I just want to be able to do whatever I want to do and make like an ambient album and then make this album and make this weird and just have it be like, yeah, like what's next? Yeah. Like that, that's the most exciting thing to me when I'm waiting for something from one of my favorite artists. If they do something like Worlds, for example, mm-hmm. that's just like unexpected. Yeah. I love that. And I want to like pass that on to people you know what i mean like i don't want to get an album from someone and just be like this yeah this is good this is exactly what i thought it was gonna be and i like it it's <laughs> yeah. like i'm not a robot well that's what know? but that is the funny thing is that most of the criticisms that you would see of someone like skrillex quest for fire are mm. people being like i wish you know it was some dude from brazil who maybe thinks that they want bangerang again or mm. and no but like literally some fans are unable to like piece together the fact that like, no, no, years from now, you'll see Quest for Fire as the thing that you're comparing the next thing to. Mm-hmm. It's just right mm-hmm. now you're so in it of what your idea of the artist is. You need to like remove yourself from that to allow the new music to have its its day, you know, to then become one of those iconic or things that we look back. Worlds wasn't Worlds when it first came out. You know, like yeah. it was definitely w- it different. was to some people, to some people, to some people, but, to some people, but yeah. it yeah. needs time. I mean, it needs. I mean, I always think about the Avicii tours. stuff. Yeah, right? yeah, it's like when the country sounds came out. Everyone literally was like, "This is the worst thing I've ever heard." <laughs> I remember being, I was there at the Ultra thing, and everyone was like, "This is awful." Totally. And then look at it now; it's like iconic music. You know, yeah. so yeah, it's a, yeah. it's a it's a it's a really good song you know wake yeah. me up it's like a it's a good song and it was unexpected yep. unexpected yeah but you have to take that risk you know and, yeah. and i think a lot of people i'm glad that you're taking risks and yeah. you're doing things that you want to do on your terms you know yeah like dude i love like you know i don't know i love like Aphex twin it's like you can yeah. just literally he's a mystery box if you just shuffle to spotify it's like i don't know what you never know what you're gonna get. <laughs> You're not gonna get a piano piece or an ambient piece yeah. or a drum and bass. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, because that's, you know, I realized, like, I think I just, like, back to the earlier conversation, I guess, I didn't know who I was in terms of, you know, I know what I'm good at, I know what I like, and I'm kind of being defined by the world on accident. You know, I just kind of accidentally pop off on SoundCloud, and I get used to this process of the world telling me 
who I am. Mm-hmm. And I think the more I want to veer away from what I think the world thinks I am, it feels like I'm doing something wrong. Mm. But I, yeah, now I'm just like, dude, I'm like a sound scientist. I'm not an artist. I don't like being an artist. Mm. I don't like being this one thing that has to promote things and like uphold a thing. I'm just a sound scientist. That's why I have like 20 splice packs. That's why I make all kinds of different music. And that's okay. That's that's, great. We love that. Yeah. That's um, a powerful, I think you're 100% on defining yourself as a sound scientist. And I, I actually, <laughs> I love yeah, that. Thanks. I think that's great. I think, what is it? Best bald. What was your, what was best your title? Bald <laughs> your best sound bald scientist. Best bald Be- scientist. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, all for I, the well, alliterations. Wouldn't would it be like more sound like sound uh, pharmacist because medicine. I'm, Whoa. I'm anyway. Okay. Oh, wait, let me, wait, no, no, don't get up. Don't, I got, I got one more. I got one more. I got one more. Okay. Sorry. Anyway, um, I would be remiss before you go. Mm. Yeah. If I we didn't ask, you literally so pulled him back into the chair. Yeah, so. I got it. Let me, I got to get <laughs> this. Is it a one. challenging one? No, 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 no. Oh, I, I want a challenging I, one. Well, whoa. Well, we were looking at your Instagram. <laughs> oh, okay. And it kind of like there's like a hard cutoff, and then uh-huh. uh, like <laughs> so did something oh, happen? History? Yeah. Did something happen to your Instagram where when it, I got hacked? Yeah. Yeah, Chad that did saying, happen. I want to know about the story happened. because I. <laughs> I think oh, oh, yeah. I like a lot of people thought that it might have been a publicity stunt at first. No. Okay. Yeah. Please I'm walk the most honest for, person you'll ever meet. For, yeah, not, please. Well, let, please. I share wish us. I was that. See, if I was that good at marketing, right. I would be an artist. Would be an artist. I wouldn't be yeah. a sound scientist. But do you think yeah. low key? Uh, so get, walk <laughs> us through it. Because for those of, of you listening right now, there was a, 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 a takeover, a, a renegade takeover yeah. of your Instagram. Yeah. First of all, I mean, the cutoff point, everything's just archived. Right, and right, I, right. Like, I actually forgot until you said that. I sure. just probably unarchived some stuff, <laughs> some historic well, moments. Yeah. But, but I even think you maybe had a post being like, yo, guys, I got my account back. Yeah. Oh, my God. That was not fake, by the way. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, uh, Walk us through the timeline of what Dude, happened. So I'm in bed and I'm stoned. <laughs> okay, that's where we start. And not in a rap circle though. Yeah, just not rapping. I'm just stoned freelance. Yeah. And I get a text. Um, I get a text. No, 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 no. I go to check my Instagram. Yeah. And I can't log in. I'm locked out. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this has never happened. What is going on? And I keep trying to log in and like my password's wrong and it's it's not. I don't remember the details. I just remember I couldn't get in. I was My Instagram account was locked, mm-hmm. which was very strange. And I kept trying to log in and I'm kind of, you know, I think the stoned part is significant because when you're stoned, <laughs> this it's just hitting a little different. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm scared. You know, this is is bad. Something's very wrong (laughs) with my life right now. And Uh, I got a text as I'm spamming, trying to log in. I get a text um, that basically says, Oh no. This is Instagram support? Did they? Yeah, it was Instagram support. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) And it was Instagram support basically saying, like, you know, your account has been compromised. Oh. Um, you know, this is the verification thing, you know, like enter the code that was sent to your phone here to like ret- retrieve your Instagram. Mm. And I mean, look, you already know where this is going. Because <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, this is the number one thing every security <laughs> measure ever tells you is like, yeah. don't ever give it. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know what happened. 
I don't know, but I the being stoned element. I sent the code. Yeah. <laughs> And, dude, I will never forget ever that moment because it was immediate. The second I hit send, my heart, I was just like, no. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Oh. You were suddenly sober and you realized. Immediately. Ed, dude. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I was not. I was optimistic after that because I was like, you know, I'm verified. I have some following. Like, I'm going to get it back. You know, it's like, like I know people yeah. who know people. But that's <laughs> that, not how Instagram that, works. No, so that quickly, anyone who's gone through something like that knows. I mean, yeah. they're a big platform and they do, they do not care about you. Um, <laughs> yeah, unless no. you're like, yeah, Bieber or something. But So, so uh, gentlemen uh, in another country started Ahmet posting. Ahmet <laughs> Old name. But here's the thing. It's not even like Ahmet Toslar is kind of a meme now, but those photos were just AI face generations. Oh, he okay. would, oh. But it was so bizarre. He had my account and he was like posting like 10 photos a day of random, like I think Russian people. Just okay. like, like a Russian grandma and then like a Russian <laughs> dude and like no caption. No caption. Just spamming. Interesting. Yeah. And, and then it started to become like selfies, right? Or like. Yeah. Stuff like ca- his cars and yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> I was, was following. What yeah, was Ahmed going through? Flexing, like yeah. I and don't then know. he started talking about something about his son and like you would produce something about him oh, listening to his he music. Was, he was trying to hold you hostage. Oh, blackmail yeah. you? Was <laughs> I don't think that that had anything to do with him. I think okay. someone out there created that and then okay. I like played along with it. But it was oh. getting real. It was getting this real is a whole deep. Saga. This is a Netflix. Yeah, because yeah. people this saw this happening show. and it was right. kind of hilarious. Yeah, but everyone thought was like, okay, what is this leading up to? Like what? They the thought you were doing some marketing, about, some yeah. guerrilla yeah, marketing. And I absolutely was not. So was what was going on like when all of this uh, yeah, how did it resolve? All this heinous stuff was um, happening? Were you kind of just like, oh, this is just funny at this point? Or Yeah, I kind of got over it. I thought it was hilarious. You were like, I got stunned and got back in bed. <laughs> I would say for the first few days, I was like, man. And, and people, he was spamming people with Bitcoin scams. And people, yeah, every, everyone, dude, you ever want to like, just get reconnected with every person you've ever met, get yeah. hacked on Instagram. Because they, I was getting calls from childhood friends like, bro, what's going? I'm just like, yeah, I know. You're like, yeah. don't click the link. That's yeah. And I feel bad because someone recently, a friend of mine who I'm not super close with, but his account got hacked and like the stuff that I was getting sent was heinous, oh, but no. could easily fall for it, right? Oh, no. And I'm mm. like some, some poor schmo out there definitely like click yeah, the link, dude, you know? So it's not so, chill, I hope. That but that anyway, you got the account back. Yeah, but I just want to <laughs> say, yeah, the first few days it just became kind of funny. Yeah. But then it went on too long. <laughs> it got to like four days, five like, days, seven days, 10 days. It went, I think about two weeks time. and every day I would just wake up and just check my management group chat. Like, are we like, back yet? Nothing. Like I started to lose hope. I was like, dude, like my <laughs> like, main my means <laughs> of like promoting anything I ever do is literally just gone. Gone. Toslar. Yeah. Gone to the AI. Ahmet Toslar. Damn. Babe, wake up, new Toslar post. Oh my God. <laughs> Wow! So you finally got it back. Instagram finally, you were low enough on the on the job order that they got to you. They did get to me eventually, and And you survived. But you had a really funny post about it because I noticed it wasn't on your Instagram, but it was a funny post. Like, hey guys, I'm back. Oh my god, don't get stoned. 
Do not click that link. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll say the lead up of your story was incredible. It was sad. It was because everyone really, was wondering, like, dude, this is a bit. Yeah, like, right? what's the like, gag? No, Ten days later, they're like, all right, all what's right, the what's gag? The, yeah, yeah. It yeah. was. We hit the pre-save link. Don't yeah. if they text you the pre-save link. Don't hit it. <laughs> uh, could, that yeah. was that's honestly though. I'm glad you survived. That. It, it's kind of just because it happened to you, and I know that you <laughs> kind of have a good humor about yourself. Like, I think you understand like the cosmic. Kind of like, this is all kind of a joke, you know? Mm. So I could see, you know, you're probably looking at this like, all right, that was pretty good, Tazlar, you know? <laughs> yeah. No, I felt very relieved, too, that people were, like, memeing it, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, like, hitting me up. I felt supported. People so. were commenting on it like, bro, that's sick. Yeah, I remember, <laughs> like, one of the first posts had, like, 500 comments. I'm like, where the hell were y'all when I was releasing XYZ? Like, See, why? This is what? the thing. They thought you were marketing something. Yeah. They were all ready to support. Uh, yeah. Little do they know. know you're actually a sound scientist. So yeah. now so, you no. know. Unfortunately, not. <laughs> well, medicine. Thank you for coming through. Of course. Thanks this was uh, this us. was a real pleasure. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad. Likewise. We get, we'll probably have to have you back. I know. I'll come back anytime. Aww. Twenty minutes away, and I love it. <laughs> Incredible. All the topics covered. Yeah,